Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, Duke fans, and welcome to the Duke Basketball Roundup. We are here, and this is a great, great day because we get to interview one of the all-time greats in Duke basketball history. Before we bring him on, I'm Donald Wine. I'm your host for this episode. I got Jason Evans with me. Jason, quickly say what's up to the people. Uh, what's up to the people? Man, I want to get to this interview. This guy is an absolute legend, and we're so lucky to be talking to him. Absolutely. And we thank this person for being on. We're going to bring him on right now. All-American for Duke. One of the all-time greats in Duke basketball history. None other than Gene Banks right here at the Duke Basketball Roundup. Gene, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. And I've heard a lot of good things about your show. And I know I've gotten a lot of interviews recently. Uh, and I find it interesting, like as I mentioned before, as I started out, um, I get certain accolades and so forth. I, I try to maintain humble, being humble, because my mom always had that in me. But when you get older, you get honorary, and you want to tell, <laughs> you want to speak your claim, because if you don't beat your own chest, nobody else will do it for you. So uh, I, I'll stay humble, but I also will tell what it's all about when it comes, when it comes to definitely not just my beginning, but Duke basketball. Yeah, I'm here to tell you. I'm here to tell you, this is not the show for you to be humble. You you can brag as much as you want about being one of the Duke basketball players 
uh, uh, great ones of all time here on this show because that's what we're about. So I want to start with this, Gene. You know, going back to your recruitment from, mm -hmm. you know, from a, obviously you were one of the elite players coming out of West Philadelphia. And but at the same time, you were in a different era, obviously, than we were now. And there was a little bit of shock when you committed to Duke because of the fact that Duke had not established itself as kind of one of those places where successful elite black athletes wanted to go. So <clears throat> tell us a little bit about what it was like. Obviously, there were some concerns, um, but did you share in those concerns that other people had about you going to Duke? And what ultimately attracted you to Duke University and say, yes, this is where I want to spend the next four years of my life? Well, it's interesting. It was really divine intervention. Uh, you know, let me be very, very, very clear. Um, it really was. Uh, the influence was Dr. William H. Shetwell, who was my English teacher at West Philadelphia High School. As you see in the background, that's my high school's, uh, that's the front door we used to go into school. Uh, West Philadelphia High School is in West Philadelphia. And <clears throat> uh, in West Philadelphia, so I can give you some history, there was another school that was really, two other schools in West Philadelphia that were renowned, Overbrook High School, which is the school that was attended by Wilt Chamberlain, uh, Walt, Walt Hazard and uh, Will Smith, you know, uh, you know, those are, and then also they had a great player during the time of my, my, uh, one of my peers, Lewis Lloyd, uh, we called him Black Magic. So uh, my time coming up in, in uh, Sandlot in, in grade school and high school, uh, basketball in Philadelphia was, was flourishing with a lot of great talent. Fran McCaffrey, uh, who is the coach of Iowa, played at LaSalle High School. And uh, out of all the games that I played in high school, I only lost two in my three years. And one of those schools that we lost to was LaSalle High School, which was a Catholic school. It was like a preseason game my second year. But, and then we lost to Long Island Luther. But uh, Fran McCaffrey, look at him, he looks like a banker. You know, he looks like a, you never think he he was a ball player, but he had the he was the, the mini-me of Pete Maravich. His ball handling skills were exceptional. His passing abilities were phenomenal. So, uh, and also during that time, we had Michael Brooks, who played in the pros, who was a great player, Lewis Lloyd, Jeffrey Clark, now who's an NCAA referee, Calvin Dixon went to Harvard. Uh, there was just a slew of players that were just phenomenal, and the late Clarence Tillman who played with me. But Duke thing, uh, being as named the number one player, what people don't really know is, it was out there with Albert King, who was in Fort Hamilton High School, and Magic Irvin Johnson, who was in Flint, Michigan. I'm not Flint, Michigan, but Michigan, uh, the area there. And uh, we were taught as the top players, and, and I got the nod of being a top player uh, during that year, 1977. Uh, and I had to, at that time, I had to try to pick six schools. So when it came down to, besides playing, you had to get serious before and visit some schools. And the schools that I picked were schools that I saw in, on TV, you know, um, North Carolina was one of them. I pick. I saw them in the NCAAs. Um, Michigan was another one with Ricky Green. Uh, the other team was NC State, and the influence was David Thompson. Uh, the fourth one was uh, UCLA, which I really, really liked, and I almost, I almost pretty much was going to go there. Uh, and Notre Dame, who had uh, at the time was coached by Diggers. Digger, uh, Digger Phelps, who was crazy in his recruiting. Uh, and I had one spot open 
Um, and I didn't know where I was going to pick. I was going to pick one of those schools like Hawaii just to go visit, you know, Hawaii. Who doesn't want to go to Hawaii? And they to the NCAA change. You got to be strategic when you're when you're taking recruiting. Yes, business. I get it. Yes, yes. My coach, my high school coach, Joe Joe Goldenberg, who truly was uh, a model of of steering my career and, and making me who I was as a player. And um, he told me we got to sit down. We got to pick schools for you to visit. And I had one open. I went over to Doctor Deadwell's house. Uh, I was getting tutoring uh, on the weekends, and uh, Bill Foster, who was the coach at the time. Stopped by the school because he was well known up in that eastern region, that uh, northeast region, uh, because he had coached at uh, Bloomsburg State and he was well known. He dropped a book over at the school. He stopped by the school. He wasn't close to my coachman, but and he dropped the book of the the, the campus, not the team. <laughs> so my high school coach didn't think anything of it. He throws the book at me. I take the book. I put it in my backpack. Uh, well, no, I'm sorry. We didn't. Let me be very clear. We didn't have really backpacks back then. I put it in my, we had the, the straps, you know, back in the, the day. satchels. Yeah. Yeah. The satchels. So uh, I went over to his house and I had a book and, and he's looking at, he says, hmm, Duke University, very fine institution, great architecture, blah, blah, blah. And he just kept harping on the fact that how many more visits I had. That's so I got one more. He says, you should, if you don't do anything else, go visit the school. And it was not about the sports. It was about the architecture, academia, and to get them off my back, I said, okay, I'll go visit. What's the harm? Uh, so we put it in there. My high school coach, no one thought anything of it. Uh, Duke had been in last place for three or four years in a row. Uh, they hadn't gotten past the first round of the ACC tournament. Uh, they just had been in the doldrum for a good four or five years, and there was no idea of it. So – Make a long story short, I, I picked them to go visit. Uh, I visit schools one after another. I went to UCLA. I went to Carolina. I went to NC State. Uh, and I loved them. UCLA was what was really the best trip because I got to see Tom Bradley. I got to see Will Chamberlain, the the palm trees, California, all of that. Also got the chance to go to Hugh Hefner's mansion. So, <laughs> so that was, hang on. You know, hey, wait, 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 wait. Hang yeah, on. Yeah, whoa, so whoa, that, there's got to be a side story there. Oh, my <laughs> okay, God. We're going to save the side story uh, yeah. about that for offline. But you mean to tell me that after all that and because, you know, I love I love Durham. But we ain't got half. You you still pick Duke over half. How? How? <laughs> if they if they had the Letterman 10 in front of me when I went there, I would have signed it. Okay. Oh I'll yeah, just, just I, I can imagine. If, wait, if the letter wait, you, tip was in, a lot of pressure. The tip, <laughs> the you mean at tip. the at the Playboy Mansion? You would oh, have yeah, signed this <laughs> match. I, I would have signed it that day. Believe me. <laughs> I, I just just want to let you know. I like Gene Bartel and, and, and Gene Bartel and and uh, they also had Marcus Johnson who was a player. I think he was going to leave soon, but and he was a guy that showed me around, which I love. Uh, I enjoyed the time with him, but uh, that was a key. So the thing with Duke was I came down to visit, you know, being a number one player, they're going to roll the red carpet out. Uh, I think Pete Budko was another player that was being visited. Uh, some couple of players, I didn't pay any attention to that. But uh, when I visited Duke, I saw the school, the architecture was phenomenal. Was the campus and the school itself was, was amazing. Uh, it was a smaller campus. I saw a lot of students that were from around the world. Uh, that was another thing. And then I saw a small contingent of black community players. Uh, not players, but students that were there. And I got a chance, and almost Harold Morrison almost got in trouble where I skipped away from him to find out certain things on my own. I went to a party, I went to certain things, and people didn't know who I was when I was there. 
and I was engaged in feeling what what it was for as being a black athlete, uh, being at Duke University. And they had some issues and some things that were going on there, but uh, Harold Morrison was a key. So when I visited there, I liked what I saw, I felt it, blah, blah, blah. I came back. Uh, they didn't necessarily become the biggest key because the biggest key was, the toughest part was that people wanted me to stay home. All right, I was raised in the Big Five. People don't, that don't know Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the Big Five is LaSalle, St. Joe's, Villanova, Penn, uh, and uh, I forget the other school. Drexel. Yeah, no, not Drexel. Drexel wasn't in nope. the Big Five. Well, that Temple. Group, Temple. 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 I'm sorry. Yeah, Temple. 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 And John. I know Cheney the Big was, Five. I know yes. the Big Five. <laughs> and people don't realize the Big Five. The way the Big Five was is that they had double hitters. So these teams, when they had their games. The Sal would play Temple, St. Joe's would play Villanova, double hitters at the Palestra. Here's a history fact for you. The Palestra and Cameron Indoor Stadium are the same exact design. Oh, wow. That is pretty same amazing. Same exact design. The guy that designed Cameron Indoor Stadium designed the Palestra, Adelaide. His name is Adelaide, uh, African-American guy. He went to University of, Penn, University of Penn's architectural school, and he designed that and parts of the chapel and parts of Duke. Interesting scenario, be connected. Here, I'm from Philadelphia. Here it is. And, and, uh, and here, going back to the Big Five. So the Big Five was our biggest thing. You know, uh, we didn't know anything about anything else outside of that. You know, you saw David Thompson the year he had uh, beating UCLA. So that was an influence. Um, so... I I visited those schools a week after September, week after week after week after week, weekend after weekend. Uh, Michigan and Notre Dame I did not visit because I was burnt out. I was I, saw, I was at UCLA. I was at Carolina one weekend. The next week I was at NC State. The next weekend I was at UCLA, and then Duke was the final. And then the next two I just decided I didn't even go to Michigan and Notre Dame. Digger Phelps was pissed, but that's okay. Um, so as that goes, seems on, that I was way. Yeah, as that goes on, I didn't. Uh, a lot of times I couldn't be home because there were a lot of teams, undercurrent teams that were putting money in trash cans and and stuff like that that I didn't even know. You know, um, I know there was a time where someone called and it was a Nike box in the, the trash can of my mom's uh, our, our home alleyway, and I looked and there was maybe about twenty or thirty thousand dollars in there. And my brother saw it, and then we brought it. He brought it, uh, took it to my mom, and my mom said, no, whoever it is, when they call back or when they call, tell me to give it back. We, you know, that comes with the price. And uh, mind me, when I look back at it, as I get older, I should have took the damn money. <laughs> because everybody, I mean, everybody, everybody was getting paid. Ralph Sampson got paid. Sam Bowie got paid. Even Clarence Tillman. Everybody, everybody got side money, and, and, and it was crazy. Not all of us, but some of us, they, a lot of guys got got paid a lot of money. You know, this was before NIL and all that. That was the undercut of NIL. But um, to make a long story short, when I came, finally got to the, the, the whole saga, Penn would have had me lock, stock, and barrel. The problem with Penn was the Ivy League did not break from the other ranks of, uh, you had to be a freshman. When you played freshman basketball, you had to play on a freshman team. Mm-hmm. You couldn't play varsity. And it was like that even going back to the uh, Larry Brown and Art Heyman days back then, Will Chamberlain, uh, even Lou Alcindor, Bill Walton had to play freshman basketball. Yep. Um, but UCLA, I mean, uh, Penn 
in the Ivy League didn't change the rule. They were only conference didn't change the rules. So that totally eliminated them from me even going there. Uh, they had a great point that you know, Chuck Daly was there and he left. Well, then Coach Weinhauer was there. I liked Penn. They had a player named Tim Smith who played with me at West Philadelphia High School who was on that team. So they really had me. But the fact that me playing on a freshman team, even though it was a lesser season, it was their way of getting everybody acclimated. I, I felt that me playing, being a freshman, playing a freshman basketball team didn't make any sense. So, well, so, so Gene, sorry, I, I want to jump in really quick and ask a question because I was going to ask you about playing as a freshman. Mm-hmm. I, you, you ended up playing. You guys reached the national championship game. Cinderella year, yeah, you, Cinderella year. Something yeah, you, that it broke. It changed the history of Duke basketball. It changed the history of Durham community. Um, they, they hailed me as like the Messiah kind of thing. I mean, season tickets. Uh, from what I gathered and saw from from afar, being up in Philly before I even got there, the season tickets went off the roof. They re they redid the the Cameron Indoor Stadium with renovations and all that. So that time of getting the number one player for them, and uh, how they got me, pretty much was I came home, I was upstairs, and I told my mom I really don't know where I want to go. I mean, every school is I'm 17 years old. Every school is just as nice as the other one. They laid the red carpet out. I'm number one player, so you know they're going to do that. I really don't know where to go. And my mom said to me, she said, listen, go in your room. I want you to lay down. I want you to pray about it. And I says, okay, you know, you, you know, this is a different culture now, but you listen to your parents and your mom when they tell you to do something, uh, especially raised in the, in the church that we were, Pentecostal. Uh, and uh, I closed my door. My mom locked my door. My mom never locked my door. She, We had one of those old doors. We had the skeleton key, and you can lock it. And she locked my door. I laid down. I put on some music. And uh, I closed my eyes. And I remember the visual I had was Duquesne University sent me a book, a uh, brochure, a sports brochure. And they had in there uh, Norm Nixon. And Norm Nixon had a shirt that had Dukes on it. Okay. They were called the Dukes. But you didn't see the S. And in my mind, I visualized that, seeing Norm Nixon going thumbing through the brochure. And when I laid down, I dreamt of being wearing a Duke uniform. And I dreamt about playing at Duke and playing in the game, the season, the fans. It was like a it was like a dream that I had. Uh, and then when I woke up the next morning, I told her, I said, Mom, because my mom always taught us to believe in when God talks you on visions and speaks to you. And we believed in that. Uh, and I said, I know where I want to go. It was like God put a vision in my head. This is what you want to do. I told her that. She ran down. She said, let me call the school and let them know. She called the school. The school said, no, you can don't come up here right now. We got to set this up. The world wants to know. Uh, and um, the school set up the press conference. No one really knew. My, I didn't, my mom didn't even ask me. You know, she went back downstairs. She made she made me something to eat, and I didn't even have to go to school that day per se because of this situation. Uh, and school. So wait, you didn't you didn't tell her? No, you I, said, I know where I'm going to go, but you didn't ask. tell her which didn't one. Ask. I told her I, I know I know <laughs> I know I want to go, and she didn't ask. She went downstairs. She made something together. She called school, and she made some some food. My mom always loved cooking for me. And then we walked up to the school. I called uh, Julius Thompson from the Bulletin. They gave him the he he rushed over there to give him the scoop. This is not like the the modern times where you had the cell phones and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got the scoop. He went down, and then my mom and I walked up to school. And the most amazing thing of it was, I was kind of scared 
you know, I'm going to make a decision. You know, I talked about it. You know, it's back and forth, blah, blah, blah. And uh, like taking a kid to kindergarten. You know, we walk from school. School only four blocks away. We were going to go to this press conference. Didn't take the bus or drive or anything. We walked. And uh, I'm scared, worried. I'm going to make a man's decision. And as we walk, my mom's walking us to head to high. And I looked up at her. She put her hand down. She put her hand in my hand. And when she, when I felt her hand and she smiled at me, I was good to go. I wasn't scared anymore. I walked in the press conference. Uh, it was it was hectic. It was packed. And when I sat up there and read my statement that I was going to Duke University, <laughs> the, the everybody said, "What the hell?" <laughs> this, this, <laughs> they said, "Does Duke even have a basketball team?" They said, "What the hell is a Duke?" You know, because people up north. <laughs> really wasn't connected with the ACC and all that down there. Uh, if you're lucky about the ACC, there was David Thompson when they were playing against you, so they didn't know about that. And everybody freaked out. Um, and I said, it's not so much what I can do for Duke as what Duke can do for me. Uh, and the guys in the press row jumped up and ran. You know, They had to go find a phone. They hadn't, they hadn't had which name phone, so you saw mass hysteria. I maintained my composure. Uh, my high school coach didn't even know because uh, he was vying for me, hoping that I'll stay in Villanova, stay home. But um, that was that's what happened, and uh, <laughs> that changed the changed the whole world. Uh, Duke found Duke got it, and I heard it was a master stir in North Carolina at Duke, and that they got the number one player. So, Gene, I want to move to one of the famous games from your time at Duke. Uh, I. I want to say it was your sophomore year, but I could be wrong about that. The 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 four corners game, where Dean Smith, <laughs> yeah, oh where, my God. yeah, where Dean Smith has the, uh, I believe North Carolina was the top ranked team in the country. Duke was also like in the top five or so. And for the game at Cameron, Dean comes out. Uh, I think Duke won the opening tip, and Mike Jaminski scores a bucket, and then Dean goes into the four corners. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think it might have been. I, I'm not sure, but it might have been reversed. I think we were the top team. Oh, okay. But they but they were also in the top ten. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, no, they were very. But both both yeah. teams were outstanding clubs. But we, we because we became we became number one in the, the following year, my sophomore year, we became number one, and then they came into our place, and Dean decided to, to try this, uh, <laughs> caught everybody off guard. <laughs> so. Well, so the thing I really wanted to know was what was it like playing? Because what he wanted to do was to get you guys to come out of your zone. You guys right. had a great two, three zone that you played. And he was yes. like, well, I'm not going to play against that. I'm going to force them to come out and guard us on the perimeter. Right. What was right. it like for you guys on defense to sort of be standing there, just watching them pass the ball around? <laughs> for, for one, the, 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 the advantage was we scored first, you know, that, that helped out uh, by us scoring first. Uh, now, they don't. We don't have to be pursued like the referees make. If you're not, if they're ahead, we they'll make you come out and play the man in man. But since we were in the lead, they had to play through it. Uh, and yes, that year we had the, a tenacious two-three zone, uh, and we stuck with that because uh, offensively, man to man, we had some players. You know, Jim Spinarco, crafty, smart, the, a good captain, but he wasn't a great man to man player. Uh, you know, we had some guys that. Denard was good at that. I was good at that. We had Mike Jaminski, who was the aircraft carrier behind it, to help us. Uh, and um, we just had recruited uh, an amazing player, Vince Taylor, 
uh, who, who was on that team. He was coming off the bench. The biggest problem was uh, that we switched uh, John Harold and Bobby Bender. Uh, Bender, amazing. They were they were complementing each other, but John was the one to set the table. Uh, great one on one player, but he played very. You wouldn't think he was that good. His, his assisted to turnover ratio was the best because he made sure Bill told him, "I want you to get the ball to the big three. and he did that. Uh, in the beginning of the year, sophomore year, they changed both of them, which destroyed our team. They really destroyed the team. It, it divided us. Uh, Bobby Bender's a great player. Uh, the great thing that made it for John was brought laid back and, and maintained everything. Bobby would come in, he'd throw up alley oops. He a uh, great, great shooter. Uh, take he would he would take chances. So that's what made us so good was the changing of the the game, and he sped the game up. But um, uh, that game, <laughs> Jesus, being out in that game to sit out there and see them do that, I didn't think they were going to do that, that as long as long as they did. And then we also baited Chicky, Rich Honaker. He was on the baseline to get closer. He was close enough to me to make a layup to take a shot. And they were uh, told not to take a shot. But it was just too tempting for Chicky not to take the shot. He shot it was an air ball. And that was the beginning of all college basketball. Here's some more history. that started the word of the chant, air ball. I was just about to ask if if that was the same game. Yeah, we know the story. story. Cameron Cameron Crazies created that which went all out the nation throughout every college, but the air ball chant. Uh, They were the one that did it. And then we went ahead by four. They held the ball for another five or six minutes. And uh, Chicky did it twice. He he shot shot twice and missed both of them. Uh, We went down, so we scored, and Jimmy Spinoza got fouled. And to go into a halftime with a seven to nothing game on national TV, that really changed the minds of everybody about making sure we had a shot clock. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I I want to move on because recently all of us kind of underwent something that very few people understood, and that was a transition between head coaches. And the last time that we had a transition between head coaches. You were be I think you were a rising senior uh, when Bill Foster left and yes. Coach K entered. What was the transition like as a player back then? And, and did you kind of see in your one you have one year with Coach K as a player? Mm-hmm. Obviously, you've known him for a long time, but did you see the glimpses of greatness in K when he entered as a young coach? Uh, especially again taking a team who a few years removed from no, being a I mean, national it, it was it was too early. I mean. Uh... I, I, the thing was, which is interesting, and people can take whatever they want to take it. We weren't myself and Kenny Dow were going to be returning seniors, and uh, we weren't even Tom Butters. If, if I want to call anything else, and I, like I said, I'm older now, so I can say what I want without saying anything wrong. I thought it was disrespectful that he didn't even have a chance to even talk to us about what he, who, what coaches we were looking at. He could care less that we weren't told anything, we weren't shared anything. Um, spring break came and I went home and I, I spent the next week home. Kenny Denard went down to Florida to the Keys. He was laid out on, 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 a, on a yacht somewhere. We took an extra week off, the T and I, um, because we weren't even included in any of that. You know, no one said anything to him. Uh, we didn't know anything. Anything we knew, it was read in the paper or passed on to us. Bill Foster decided to leave because his, his, his many fights with uh, Tom Butters, the athletic director. They fought about everything. You know, t- Bill, Bill wanted to give money that we made. We made a lot of money going to the Final Four. 
And then the following, the following year, we're on, TV, we're on ABC, NBC, national TV. So that's money coming in. We're playing at venues. on. Uh, so Bill had arguments with him about simple things of like paving. Can you dig it? With a Bobcat Compact Excavator, you can. Up to $6,000 in rebates on select models and 0% financing for 36 months. Check us out at Bobcat of Charleston in North Charleston. In the outside of Camden Indoor Stadium because it was muddy to give him women's basketball scholarship. But Tom Butters was a guy that was, he believed in fundraising and the money he made, he put it over to certain places from the basketball to uh, establish himself as a, a top fundraiser. And that, I guess that uh, riled a bill because the money wasn't really coming back into the basketball program or any of the basketball programs. So that was one of many things, some things I don't even know. And Bill <clears throat> kept it quiet for a while until it leaked out. And he finally sat a chance. And that was right before we were going to go to the ACC tournament. Uh, he sat down and talked to us, uh, each one individually. And I was like, oh, well, Coach, you got to do what you got to do. You know, you." I was trying to be like a man, you know, instead of like saying, no, you can't leave. And my dad to this very day hates the fact, has a dislike towards Duke. You don't hear much about my dad being involved, but he hates the fact that Bill Foster left. He said he should have left after you. You know, you you could have left earlier and you stayed. Uh, people don't even know that story. That, that that caused a real rift between my dad and them. And he says, he says watch, watch what's going to happen. Bill, he left. He's going to say, he said, they're not even going to retire your number. He says, your number should be retired. Watch. He said all these things. He was very upset. Um, but, you know, I just went on. You know, I was the guy that you know, was all about team first. It's not about me. Uh, but I did take that extra week off and stayed home. And uh, we saw the news. And it said, the news came on. We're in the kitchen. My mother and my grandmother were all cooking. It says, Duke University has just signed their new head coach. And like, we cannot pronounce his name. <laughs> so my mom looks at me. I look at her. I don't know Mike Shashevsky. So we had no one watching this. No, we watched this on the news, and uh, everybody that was there thought I, we were myself and Kenny were boycotting it. We didn't know anything about it. No one told us anything. So we just happened to be home, and that was the whole thing. And uh, coach called us, and we said, "Once you get back to school, we got back." And, we, came, we met him, Kenny and myself, met him in his office. He was young, very young looking, and he broke down his principles uh, and, and things about uh, we have to be men. And he knows the stories about Kenny and I are, you know, we we were kings around there. I mean, we did whatever, not whatever we wanted to do, but people <laughs> loved us. I mean, our team was a very beloved team by everyone. Uh, people that didn't even like Duke became liking Duke, uh, the Durham community. Uh, most black folks in Durham all were always Carolina fans. Even even though they went to NCCU, they didn't like Duke because Duke didn't have any black players. They didn't have any significance. The only people that were black that uh, that were at Duke were pretty much a few students and the workers. So there was no major reason to support Duke because they, they that was a kind of situation where you know you guys don't want us, you're privileged, and that's and that's what Carolina. I came and I changed all of that. You know, I came there and I hung out over there. I brought people from over there from to over campus and they go, Gene, I, uh, we can't, um, well, mm. they couldn't touch me because I was the new guy coming in, the Messiah, and I was able to bridge a gap between the, the Durham community and bring guys over there that played at Central to play in the gym before they wouldn't let them do that. 
to have people come over the community. So, and uh, it was a power I had that not necessarily I used, I just utilized it just to enjoy it. It was all good. And when we started winning and we were young and we were abrasive, we were funny, we were fun and getting involved with the community. I was getting my hair cut, eating over there, spending time. And uh, we started, Durham community and started embracing us. Gene, I want to ask you about your pro career a little bit mm-hmm. because uh, yeah, I, look, I'm I'm old enough to remember a little bit of it, but <laughs> but it was a while ago. It, yeah. it feels like your uh, your NBA career ended faster than it should have. You you were like your last year in the NBA, you were still uh, a part time starter on the Chicago Bulls. Mm-hmm. It seems like it it could have gone longer, but but you chose to go overseas. <laughs> I know that you you went on to become one of the great players in European basketball. You're you're still to this day considered one of the greatest players in Israeli basketball history. Um, by the way, do you ever get back to to Israel or or what was it? Well, it was listen. It wasn't my choice to leave NBA basketball. I ruptured my Achilles tendon, so that yeah. pretty much uh, when I, it was my last. Uh, well, here's the first thing: when my senior year at Duke. We played against North Carolina A&T in the NIT. And I went up to block a shot. My legs got, I, I broke my wrist in half, completely in half, my left wrist. Uh, that was my last game. And that was four months before the NBA draft. So I broke my wrist. Uh, I was projected to go one to five, something like that. I wouldn't say one, but somewhere between in the top 10. By me breaking my wrist, slid me down com- tremendously a, a lot spots. And I wound up, uh, got to... Got the surgery done by Dr. Frank, the late Dr. Frank Bassett. Um, and the Lakers, several teams flew me in. I had the, had the surgery done. I had three months in, in the cast. They took the cast off. They looked at it. The Indiana, I think Indiana brought, brought me in. The Lakers brought me in. And you know who picked me up from the airport? Pat Riley. Pat Riley was assistant coach in there. Pat Riley picked me up from the airport. They did it. They took me to the doctors and Doctors looked at my wrist and da 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 da. It was it was put out there from Doctor Bass that he didn't think I would be uh, efficiently uh, sound to play in the NBA uh, with the broken wrist. But the thing was, it was my left wrist, not my right wrist, which is my shooting hand. So that made me drop tremendously. And what was great about it was that San Antonio Spurs didn't have a first round pick. I was the first pick in the second round, the twenty eighth pick, and they picked me. And it probably was the best thing that ever happened to me um, because they were a veteran Latin team. They had the great George Iceman Gervin. Uh, and then later on, we picked up Artis Kilmore. Uh, when I went there, they made a trade. They had Mark Obening, who was a starter. They traded Mark Obening to Chicago to get Artis Kilmore. And I had to work, you know, to get in that for spot. And I was fourth on the depth chart when the, when the spot opened uh, the following year as a, for the power forward. Now, they acquired Mike Mitchell, who was 6'7". We finally traded Mark Overding, and we got Artis Gilmore, who was 7'1". That helped. Iceman Johnny Moore was leading the league in, in the assist. And uh, I was fighting for that four spot, and we had Paul Griffin, Kevin Steiner. They were all 6'10". But I won that spot. I fought that spot because I could play defense, bang. But I also got on the break, and we are a fast-paced team. So Stan Allback, rest his soul, he's, he's passed away. He, he, he had faith in me. And here we are. We're going to start two, seven, six, seven guys. And I'm playing a power forward. And uh, he said, I'm going to, he said, look, he looked at me in my eyes. He, said, I'm going to go with you. 
He said, don't make me a fool or an or a-hole. He says, because I, I, I'm believing in you. And the rest is history. I want to be starting. And, uh, I, I, you, averaged I almost 50, you averaged almost 15 points per game that year. 15 points per game on, on a team that, listen, they don't even talk about this team. Johnny Moore led the league in assists, beat out Magic. Iceman was leading the league in scoring. Artis Gilmore was leading the league in field goal percentage. Mike Mitchell was an all-star, averaging 20. Artis was averaging 20. Ice was averaging 30-something points. And here I am, I got 15 playing my my my, my game. I mean, I, I, I learned how to play defense. I got on a break. Uh, I learned how to adjust to do what I was able to do. And I wanted, I scored like 31 points several times. I had a 44-point game against the Lakers. So, so I mean, uh, it was a great times playing for that team. And we went to the Western Conference Finals twice, and the Lakers beat us. Uh, the Lakers don't beat us. We're in the championship back to back. And Bob McAdoo was the one that Pat Riley got pulled in and right before the playoffs to, he was an equalized. He was X factor against us. Well, Gene, this has all been fascinating. We need to take a quick break. Uh, for those of you out there, we've heard obviously a lot about Gene Bakes in the past, but now after this break, we're going to talk to Gene Banks, Gene Banks about Duke's present and future so stick around for that hey there duke fans you know warmer sunnier days are calling fuel up for them with factors no prep no mess meals meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef created meals with options like calorie smart protein plus and keto Factors fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. That's right, Jason. And Jason, I can tell you, I just got some meals. They're fantastic. And the great thing is, like you said, two minutes, mindless work, pop it in the microwave, do what you need to do, and it's ready to eat. No more cooking, no more cleaning pots and pans. And also, there's a lot of choices with 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So you'll always have new flavors to explore. All right, so head to factormeals.com slash DukeBB50. Use that code DukeBB50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code DukeBB50 at factormeals.com. Get 50% off your first box 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Enjoy Factor Meals from the Duke Basketball Roundup. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, we are back, and we are once again here with Gene Banks. Gene, it's been great to talk about uh, your past at Duke and also in the NBA and abroad, but I want to talk to you about this team coming up, uh, this team that is uh, has a lot of expectations put on their back. You, mm-hmm. uh, I think, recently were at K Academy, so I know you've gotten to interact with some of them, but I want to ask you to start with this. When you take a look at this team this fall, for the first time in years, we have multiple starters returning. We have a lot of veteran leadership that is returning. What excites you the most about this team as they, you know, start to try and you know make their legacy uh, on the basketball court? For one, I've met some of the players, and and, the, and these young men are, are, are awesome, good young men. I mean, the, uh, I'm not saying because whether they have two parents or one parent, how they were raised was amazing. You know, the parents really, whether they were so into, I'm, I'm not a big fan of AAU basketball because they just take the best player. They don't do it in the fundamentals, but the parents have really put a lot of time into them uh, and, and give love. And, and these kids, and they, they, it's not so much they speak well, but they have manners, you know, and uh, besides being great players. And I've had a chance to spend some time with Proctor. I love Jeremy Roach. Uh, all these guys, they, 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 you see a sense of innocence from them, but they're super talented. And Duke only goes after the elite players. Uh, let's make it very clear. Everybody always asks me, Gene, give me a call. Uh, my kid can do this. My kid can do Yeah, your kid can do all that. And I think he's probably great. But they're not going after anybody unless they're in the top 10. That's what that's they got themselves in that situation. And you might get a guy off of that. But I'm I'm pleased about this because Roach is coming back. Proctor's going to be better. I like the two of them. Uh, they got some group uh, new nucleus players coming in there. And you got to understand this one and done thing is 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 is, is a difficult thing to, to coach under. You know, you got to remember Roy. Roy decided to retire. A lot of guys decided to retire because you got the, the transfer protocol and so forth. But uh, I think this team is going to be special because uh, they're getting them in early. Uh, they've seen Roach has seen what has happened. Uh, not saying he's probably the best guard, but for, to me, he's going to be a solid guard for this team. Proctor's got talent that's just going to. I'm telling you, he's really going to come off the off the chain once an Australian kid. But once he gets that grit in him, if he had that city grit in him, it'd be all over. And he's, he's going to start to get that. Um, and, and Shires in the second year, uh, you know, there were there was some scuttlebutt about the concepts of coaches hiring Shire. It's the, it was the greatest thing to do when you when you when you're hiring from within, from a kid that you know from ninth grade on up. The biggest controversy is more so than anything else is the fact that you know there was a thing where we were looking at Tommy Amaker 
has taken over the reins of that. And, and, and he's like a son to Coach K. And from what I hear, rumor to mill that he had promised that was, this was going to happen. It would have been great doing a Black Lives Matter situation uh, to do that because Coach stood up for certain things of that nature. And uh, There's more to it behind the scenes that I don't know. There's some that I do know that I won't necessarily disclose, but more so than anything else, it was a decision that we make. It's a business decision. Uh, it didn't sit well with a lot of the African-American players uh, of the hiring, not against John Shire by no means, but it was the race, the racial portion of it. Uh, and But John is a, he's a brother to me. I love him to death. I have nothing to respect, and he's done a great job. I love Tommy as well, and uh, I don't have no control of that. So for me to sit up here and take one side or the other, uh, yes, it would have been great that uh, Coach K would have uh, hired a, an African-American uh, uh, to take over the program, whom that he loved and whom could done it because Tommy was at Harvard University. So he continued on, you know, with the academics as well. The athletic. I'm just keeping it plain and simple, whether Coach hears that and doesn't like it or not or whoever else did, but I'm just being real. Uh, he couldn't have gone wrong with either player, uh, with John Shire coming up in the ranks and He's a, he's got that look. He's got that mannerism. He knows the system. Uh, Tommy the same way. Um, so, uh, I will support either or, and I'm going to support the Duke program and John Shire and coach and them. Uh, but I'm also going to have love for Tommy that, you know, I, I felt 50 50. He should have gotten a position, but that's, that's water on the bridge. We're moving on. My love will stand to it. And, uh, this was, this was a chance for a coach to have made a, a, a moment, momentous, uh, decision, but you got to understand too. Duke University had just hired an African, uh, a partially African American uh, AD, uh, and you also hired an African American female, Kyra Lawson. It's a tough decision to have all three programs <laughs> being run by you know. And I'm, I'm just being like I said, I get older, I can speak truth, and I speak truth up to, to power. That would been very difficult to have all those three powerful positions of a powerful program. Uh, being held by uh, just one uh, uh, culture like that. And I'm just being real. Uh, it, it's fascinating. That's uh, I, I hadn't thought of that or, or considered that. And it, it is something that, uh, you know, is an interesting development that would have happened at Duke. Uh, and, and, and by the way, I'll, I'll say that I think all of us, all Duke fans would have been thrilled with Tommy Amaker. For sure. And, and you're right. It, it, it's not a matter of, Oh, Shire's better. It's a matter of either one of these would have been wonderful choices for, sure, for, for sure. Duke. Let, let me ask you though about Shire, uh, and and you've gotten to know him over the years. Mm -hmm. Tell He's us, a brother. I, I yeah. look at him as a, as a brother for sure. Uh, tell me, what do you see about the program now with John Shire in charge that is different versus what it was under Coach K for the for those very very many many years? It's still early. I mean, it's still early. He's he's going to maintain. The, you know, he's got the template. You know, he's got the, he's been under the template for years. Uh, he's got the, everything's in order with dealing with the academics, uh, with the students of how they got to handle classes and so forth, uh, tutoring and school. And so he's got the template. He's, he's been part of the template for, for God knows how long. So that's not going to change. What is going to change now is because of the difference of the NIL, NIL, uh, the transfer portal. You got to be able to master that. And he's young. So he's going to be able to weasel and, and work and, and, and work himself into dealing with that. Uh, I think coach would probably have been able to deal with it too. Uh, but he's getting, he's older too. And that might've 
pissed him off a little bit. You know, some guys either staying or not. When you get older, you get, like I said, you get honoring. But John's, you know, John's going to maintain and keep things in order uh, the way he's been trained. Then uh, also he's going to put in his mixture. That's what it's all about, putting his mixture of it. And, 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 and that's what's going to be the key to change and elevate his style of put play because you see, you see them playing. It, it's still Duke. The one thing that Duke always was known for is his great defense uh, through the years. They always had that great defense. And these guys, we've had some guys, but that hasn't been the, the main key. You got guys that can score like you wouldn't believe. These guys are so talented. They jump higher. They're faster. They're speed. But now you're getting ones and duns, and you got to redo your program every single year to get these guys playing together. Um, you don't have the Virginians anymore. You remember when Virginia won the NCAA tournament? Those guys were together for, for four years, and they had some tight games. And because of they had been together for so long and the experience they had, they pulled those games out. That was that experience. That's how they won it. But so Duke's got to get that experience, uh, and with them, that's going to help them out a lot better. But they got the target on their back, and you know, they're Duke, so everybody's going to be coming at them. And these mid majors are getting players from everywhere, and they want a piece of their behinds. So they they cannot sleep at all. These players now don't realize what they're getting themselves into. Uh, that when they when we're a Duke brand now, they got to play twice as hard. It's like being like like our parents would tell us when we were African American. You got to work twice as hard, you know. And and they have to work twice as hard now because they're wearing a Duke brand, and uh, these teams are coming at them, and nobody's scared of them. And with every game on TV now, you have that added element of you know these players want to showcase themselves because they yes. know when they play Duke and Cameron, it's before an audience of millions and instead yes. of back in, you know, back even when I was in school, not every game was on television in these uh, early non-conference days. Yep. Gene, we want to get you out of here on this because I know you like us are a podcaster. You have your own show, the bank shot with Gene yes, Banks. I took it off for a year. I'm going to bring it back. So I, I went to Gaston college. And I went to Gaston College, and I helped them bring back athletics. It's uh, Gaston College Junior College in Gastonia. Well, it's in Dallas, North Carolina, but right next. And they haven't had athletics for 50 years, basketball or sports at all. I went back, helped them with the template, helped them put together, and no matter what they say, my signature's on everything. So the hiring of the coaches and the development and structuring, I brought back athletics to Gaston College after 50 years. And that's the school where Leonard Hamilton went to the coach of Florida State. And Leonard Hamilton was an amazing player. He scored 50 points in the game there in junior college before he went to the next place. So that was my goal. And then I, the following year, once I got that up, I became the advisor to the president. Uh, he, he 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 barely listened to anything. But uh, so <laughs> he, he once he got what he wanted, he was happy. And uh, we moved. So there were some things. I, I resigned from there after the two years. Once that was done and set forth. And I did some radio. I helped the radio station get themselves back up. Uh, because I had the podcast and I had a show called the Thunder and Rhino show and feel the horn. So I spent my time and I could have become uh, more abrasive and angered about certain things that didn't go right. There were some things that have not, didn't go right that I didn't like uh, some hiring of players, the people that were there that uh, were NCAA banded. Uh, so uh, I decided I'd be giving to all that. I said, let me just move on. It's great for the school. It's great for the, whatever can happen. And we moved on. So I could have blew it all up, but no, nah, I just moved on. And God's just said, just go into your way and handle the situation you need to go. And that's what I did. 
the show that he has is called The Bank Shot. It's featuring Gene Banks and, and talking about a lot of things uh, surrounding basketball and life. Uh, but Gene, above all, a Duke legend. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. It's an honor to I appreciate to, it, too. Let me, let me just say that they can still listen to the show. They can go to my website. My website yes. is www.genebankslegend.com. Gene Banks Legend. And you go in there, and there's a podcast section in there. When you pull it up, there's some awesome shows on there. There's shows with Lindsey Harding that's in there, George Iceman Gervin, Charles Oakley, Phil Ford, Ralph Sampson, uh, Joey Crawford. Dude. I got to check this out, man. This is, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. And and, and I, I, I feel so blessed to be able to have it. And it's not like any other podcast. We talk about their beginnings. You know, they're really where they started from. My high school coaches on there. Um, there's just so many. You look on that list and you listen to the shows. And the person that helped co-design this play, uh, uh, Lynette, Lynette Jackson, she went to high school, which is right behind me with me and she's an awesome uh producer graphic designer all that and you have to we have a trailer like the movie trailers before the show comes on even though it's audio but uh we're going to get back we're, we're redesign and get back into because there's some some other shows i wanted to do talking about some some boxers and so forth so our show gets in depth with some serious things so go on to genebankslegend.com go to podcast listen to the show and leave a comment and let me know what you think it's it's awesome. I mean, there's already a bunch on there. Uh, I already checked it out. So uh, even if you cherry pick and see which ones like your the, your favorite players on there, your favorite yeah. player is yeah. probably having on the show already. So go get that and listen to that. But Gene Banks again, thank you so much. It is our honor to have you on this show. Uh, we look forward to seeing you in person down the road. Guys, take take care. Keep doing what you're doing. And you know, I I, I bleed Duke blue. I love all the fans and the people that have been there. It's been a fantastic family. And Coach K has done a great thing with the brotherhood, uh, getting all those guys together. And I, and I love that part, portion of it. And uh, more than anything else, like you say, I, I, I've had a, had a great experience. And uh, my relationship with Duke is really good all around. And I'm just thankful that I've had that, that journey. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, absolutely. Thank you. And that will do it for this episode of the Duke Basketball Roundup again for Gene Banks, for Jason Evans, for Sam Klein, who wishes he was here for this in- incredible conversation. Oh, he, uh, we, you know we he missed w- you. <laughs> he wishes you he was here, one. yeah. <laughs> uh, but for Sam Klein, I am Donald Wine. Thank you so much. Again, check out our Linktree, linktree.com slash Podcast. Check out all of our affiliate links that we have, including Fanatics, uh, Home Field Apparel. We got a whole bunch of stuff coming your way. But until then, here is now the group band to play us out and take us out.